All right, we will continue in our reading of Psalm 119. This time we're going to be in 129 through 136. 129 starts off, Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me as your way with those who love your name. Keep steady my steps according to your promise and let no iniquity get dominion over me. Redeem me from man's oppression that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. In this section, we see that there's nothing better than God's word. In the first part, the writer mentions how great God's word is, and then he begs for help to keep his word. Finally, he says his heart breaks when he sees people are, are not adhering to God's word. What faith and love of scripture it takes to shed, or shed tears over people not keeping the law. We're going to sing some songs together and come together in praise and worship. But before we do, let's say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For thine is a kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's praise the Lord.
is a time in our gathering where we take communion. When you came in, you should have been given a communion pack with unleavened bread and the juice. This is Christ's body and blood broken and shed for you. If you put your faith in Christ by following him, we invite you to take communion. If you are not a believer, you can just let this pass on by. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 28, it reads, For I received from the Lord what I also passed to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took the bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is a cup, or this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord, 
in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat and drink from the cup. We shouldn't take this lightly. Jesus made a blood covenant with his followers, which is a promise, or we call it the New Testament. A covenant with his blood, one that we should constantly remember, not like Israel forsook and forgot in the old covenant. We proclaim this covenant that started through Christ's death, this covenant that God would remove our sins while we were sinners. He would give us a new heart, a heart that would cause us to learn and follow the teachings of Jesus and to live in Christ and die to the way of our old lives. Through this covenant, we become God's people and our maker becomes our God. How's everybody day? Good. Everybody smile. Come on. Let's see those smiles. Okay. <laughs> we all need some smiles and happiness in, in our lives. And Sundays are the best days to do that because we're here praising Jesus and God. And, you know, our spirits are so lifted up. So let's show it on our faces with them smiles. Okay. All right. I'm doing announcements today. Okay, first of all, we have Matthew 25 Ministries with the pill bottles. You can send them in with your name on them or take those labels off. I know sometimes they're really hard to get off, especially if you get them from Kroger. <laughs> but, uh, you know, send them in whichever way they use them for different things um, inside the U.S. and outside of the U.S. So it's, it's a great ministry that doesn't cost us anything but does so much for others. So we got that. Then we got the ink supplies. Um, those ink cartridges, don't throw them away. Bring them in, and we can use them. We get up to $20 a month for uh, office supplies. So it makes it, it makes it nice, just a little bit, you know, here and there. But it's better than throwing them away. Okay, next is our food pantry and clothes closet. And Amy sent out a thing saying thank you um, to all the ones that helped. And Linda blessed everybody that uh, did it. But just to show you people, um, 
some of the ones that were involved. Everybody that was here Thursday that helped, um, whether it be in the food pantry, in the clothes closet, or outside grilling. Will you please stand up so we can give you a big hand? Come on, stand up. Come on. Thank you so very, very much. Um, it's appreciated like you wouldn't believe. It really is. And I just love you all for it and want to thank you. Okay, next refit. We didn't have it this past week, but it'll be back this week, I believe, on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6.30. Um, we have refit. It's just some fun to get out there and go, woo! you know, and get that body moving and, and everything. So if you can make it 6.30 on Tuesday or Thursday, come on out. Okay, today we have um, Melon Ridge. Uh, so those of you who are working for it, what we'll do is we'll go downstairs, we'll have a little lunch, we'll talk about it um, and get prepared. And then at 2 o'clock we go over and um, have another service over there. So um, anybody that wants to is more than welcome to come and you know it's just another another day and another reason to praise God okay next we have our tithes and offerings we have our box back in the back to give um, and uh, you know I've heard that some churches say hey you have to give your 10% you have to give more than this and this. we want you to let God lead your hearts and give what you are willing to give so you know we're not going to force you but god loves a cheerful giver okay all right um our weekly budget to go along with that is two thousand nine hundred and eighty dollars a week so and it goes out for all those things in there the cincinnati challenge ranch uh goshen warrior packs sun reflection Refu refuge um christian help center food and pantry clothes closet and the loft they're all great projects that we that we give through. Plus, you know, we've we've got our regular stuff like paying our minister. We love you, Derek. <laughs> okay, and and other things like that. Um, we have a class coming up, Financial Peace University, um, and it's got some different things on there. Contact Chris or Kristen um, Nay to sign up. Okay, next we have something new for the month in July. Every Saturday in the month of July, we are going to go over to Lakeshore and grill out hamburger just to be a witness and to give to the people over there. Okay. We have Goshen Fest coming up. It is July. Let's see, wait a minute. Goshen Ready Fest. I'm sorry. This is where we get the school supplies um, together and build uh, backpacks to give to all the different ages of kids from kindergarten, maybe even preschool, preschool through 12th grade. Um, it's a great thing. If you've never been to one of those, it is a blast. We have all these kids coming in, and it's for anybody, whether they are at the Goshen School or if they are homeschool and live in Goshen, you know, it's for all the kids in Goshen, and they have a blast. They do haircuts. We have um, people that, uh, you know, volunteer their time that do haircuts, and uh, they have food for them. I mean, just, just amazing. And those kids have a blast, like I said. It's fun. Come on out. This is off the list, Amy. <laughs> okay. The first Sunday of every month... We are going to start having breakfast here before church. It'll start at 9.30. It'll end at 10.15. Um, we'll have our prayer at 9.30 for the blessing over the food. And then uh, we'll have food down there for you to eat, come, eat, fellowship, and then we'll come up here and worship God. Okay? All right. And so next Sunday, 9.30, we've already got some good stuff planned to eat. Okay? Come on out. Thank you, Carol. For doing that let's go ahead and just get right into it if you were here last time i spoke we talked about the book of jude we discussed how false teachers within the church are far more deadly than non-believers and how we need to call out those false teachers today we will be looking at a small set of verses in the book of matthew we will be reading matthew 17 
14 through 20. Turn in your Bibles to that passage, and once you get there, please stand for the reading of God's Word. And the words will be up on the screen as well. The title of today's sermon is Faith Like a Mustard Seed. The Word of God says, And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him, and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the water, or I'm sorry, he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, Because of your little faith. For, I, for truly I say to you, If you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. You may be seated. To get a little more background on this story, I also want to look at the book of Mark. We're going to be looking at a set of verses in Mark, chapter 9, 14 through 29. And I know it sounds like a lot of verses, but don't worry, I won't ask you to stand for these. I want to look at these verses because Mark provides more detailed background of what is occurring. Mark writes, starting in 14, And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them, and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, What are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy. And he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And it has often cast him into the water to destroy him, or into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything... Have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out of the boy. It came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Mark's story of the incident provides more background on what happened with the boy and his father. Both stories tell of a lack of faith among the father and the disciples. In Mark, Jesus said to have faith and all things are possible for those who believe. And in Matthew, Jesus said that even with a mustard seed of faith, that we can move mountains. Faith, mountains, and mustard seeds. That is what we will talk about today. Before we do, let's pray. Father God, thank you for bringing us here safely today. Open our hearts and ears to your word. Teach us your ways. Lead us into a time of study and learning today. In Jesus' name, amen.
Before we get into the sermon, I wanted to take, I wanted to give you a little bit of background info, and I don't want to take up too much time on this. But in the verses of Matthew that we read, you may notice in your Bible, depending on the version that you have, that there is a verse 21, and that's in Matthew. If you don't have a verse 21, you will notice that your Bible jumps from verse 20 to 22. Verse 21 only appears in the King James Version and the New King James Version. Verse 21 says, However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. I didn't intentionally leave it out. The New Testament of the, New King, of the King James Version and subsequently the New King James Version was translated from a series of Greek manuscripts known as Textus Receptus, which is Latin for received text. Other versions of the Bible, such as the NIV, NASB, and ESV, are based on a series of Greek New Testament manuscripts called the Critical Texts, which were based on older manuscripts that had been found after the King James Version was published. The version of the Bible that I used from Matthew 17, 14 through 20 came from the ESV, which was translated from the Critical Texts. That doesn't mean that one version is better than the other. They are both the inspired Word of God, but just keep in mind there are differences in each version for a reason. Now that we got that out of the way, let's go ahead and take a look at faith and mountains. Author Alyssa Rote says, Faith is not a mustering of will or a power to wield. Faith comes from trusting in God and His will. What Jesus is advocating is something far more radical. So what is faith? The Apostle Paul tells us in Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. For it by the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. In its simplest definition, faith is a belief in God, though we can't see him. Faith is not a belief in ourselves as we see in 2 Corinthians 3, 5. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. Faith is nothing without Christ. We can have faith in, our, in ourselves all we want, but without Christ... The faith that we do have in ourselves will still be lacking because we make mistakes. Christ doesn't. When we put our faith in Christ, we put it in the one true God who never makes mistakes and can see us through anything. In Proverbs, we see that faith is more than relying on what we know. Proverbs 3.5 says, Do not lean on your own understanding. Faith is not about us. It's about believing in the only risen Lord. Faith isn't how we believe, but it's about what we believe. Pastor Christopher Osterbrock, in his book, What is Saving Faith?, writes, Our inability to define our faith is rooted in our preference for how we believe rather than, rather than the object on whom we believe. Faith is about believing Jesus' statement in John fourteen six. When Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Faith is a belief in the God that created everything, and even a small amount of faith can change the world. The boy that we read about earlier had his life changed when Jesus drove out the demon and he was healed for good. The disciples learned that nothing is impossible with faith as we see from the text in Matthew that we read in 1720. For truly, I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. The boy's father had his world changed when he had his faith increased. In Mark 9.22, the father begs Jesus to heal his son, if he can. Jesus rebuked the father quickly, as we see in Mark 9.23, when Jesus says, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. 
So because of faith, we see that worlds have been changed and mountains have been moved. The boy and his father had the mountains of demons and unbelief moved. We too, if we have faith, can move mountains as well. There are other instances where we are told we must have faith. Paul tells us in Ephesians 6.16, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. In Mark 11.23, we see Jesus say, Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. And in Luke 17.5, the disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith, and Jesus tells them in verse 6, If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Jesus, through his many examples, says that if we just have a small bit of faith, that nothing is impossible. Let me ask you, where's your faith? When you pray and ask for things, do you truly believe God will move mountains? Have you been like the boy's father who says, If you can, I know I have. We all at some point have doubted that God could bring us through the trials that we are facing or the illness we are fighting. However, we aren't the only ones to ever have doubts. The disciples had doubts about Jesus as well, and they got to walk and talk with him every day. In the middle of a storm, and you guys probably know this story, the disciples lacked faith. The disciples and Jesus were traveling by boat. As Jesus slept, a storm hit, and as we see in Matthew, the disciples thought they were going to perish. Matthew eight twenty three through 27 says, And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the, uh, by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even winds and sea obey him? The disciples believed that they were drowning and called on Jesus to save them. Then once he did, they still couldn't grasp who he was or what power he had. Philip was lacking faith and asked Christ to show him the Father. In John 4, 14, 8-10, John writes, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for him. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me and does his works. Philip wanted to see God the Father, and Jesus let him know that the Father had been there the whole time. Let's not forget what Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We see in other instances where one of the disciples was um, doubting Jesus. After the resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples, and they had issues believing it was him in the flesh. Thomas was doubting who he was, as we see in John twenty, twenty-seven through 29. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Three times we saw where the disciples lacked faith. And they got to walk and talk with him every day. If you've ever doubted that God has the power to help you overcome obstacles, don't worry. You're not alone.
It was the disciples' lack of faith that kept them from driving, driving out the demon and the boy. It was the father's lack of faith that kept his son from being healed. But we are told not to lack faith, that faith like a mustard seed can move mountains. In Mark 11.22, Jesus says, Have faith in God. In Matthew 21.21-22, after withering the fig tree, Jesus says, Truly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, Be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. There are so many examples of Jesus telling us we can move mountains and wither fig trees. There are examples in all four Gospels, in multiple chapters and verses. But why do these verses repeat and say the same thing? Why is it talked about so much? In Hebrew literature, when an author wanted to stress something of importance, they repeated themselves. Back then, there was no italics or underline or bold fonts. They repeated what they said to stress the seriousness of what they were saying. Multiple times we're told to have faith, and that even a small amount of faith can move mountains or wither fig trees. We're told to have faith in God Almighty, and the God that Jeremiah describes in Jeremiah ten twelve through 13 And I love this description of God. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding stretched out the heavens. When he utters his voice, there is a tumult of waters and heavens, and he makes the mist rise from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain, and he brings wind from his storehouses. We are told that we must have faith in the creator of the universe, like we see in Genesis 1.1, and we all know this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If God created the heavens and the earth, and everything under and on the earth, then why do we doubt we can, that he can move mountains that are in our lives? Have faith in Christ, that he can see you through anything and everything that may harm us so that you can echo Paul in 2 Timothy 4, 7. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Keep the faith. Stand strong on the precepts that have been handed down since the beginning of the church. Fight for the faith, as Jude tells us in Jude 1, 3. Contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Have faith like that of the Roman centurion who begged Jesus to heal his servant and recognized his power. Have faith like the Canaanite woman who came to Jesus and asked him to heal her daughter and wouldn't give up until she she spoke to Jesus. The disciples begged Jesus to send her away, but she refused to leave and kneeled before him and answered his test, and her daughter was healed. So what does faith like a mustard seed look like? Look at the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Under the threat of death, they refused to bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar. They had a faith that gave three men in the face of certain death the boldness to stand in front of a ruthless king and proclaim that God is the only king. What can faith like a mustard seed do? The prophet Daniel tells us in Daniel three twenty-eight through 30. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own. Therefore, I make a, de- a decree, any people nation or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses laid in ruin. For there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Because they stood against the king Nebuchadnezzar, 
and stood strong in their faith, not only did God save them, but he also joined him in the furnace as well. In turn, Nebuchadnezzar had his eyes open to who God is and the power that he has. Like Nebuchadnezzar, once our eyes are opened, we too will see who God is and what power he has. It is through faith in God that we can be saved from our sins through the death of Christ Jesus. Jesus tells us in Mark sixteen sixteen, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. So how do we have faith as small as a mustard seed? Paul tells us we must have love for one another. 1 Corinthians 13.2 says, And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but not love, I am nothing. We can have all the faith in the world, but if we don't love others like Christ loves us, that faith won't matter. We must shine as lights in the world. Paul tells us in Philippians 2, 14 through 16. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ... I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labored in vain. We are not to complain. We are to be innocent, blameless, and hold to the word of life. John tells us that we must get out of the way. And I know I quote this verse a lot, but it's still one of my favorites. John 3.30 says, He must increase, but I must decrease. And in 1 John 2.17, John also says, But whoever does the will of God abides forever. So to have faith as small as a mustard seed, we must get out of the way, follow his statutes, love one another, and seek his will for our lives. What can we do to have faith as small as a mustard seed? Proverbs 3, 6 says, In all your ways acknowledge him. And we are told in verse 7, Fear the Lord, and turn from evil. So we are to acknowledge the Lord, recognize Jesus as the Son of God, and turn from evil. Jesus also tells us in Matthew six fourteen through 15 For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Not only are we to acknowledge God for who he is, but we are told to turn from evil. Also, we must forgive others if we want to be forgiven. I know it can be hard to forgive those who have hurt us. I've been there. But we are told that it's something that we must do. Ask God to help you to forgive people so you can be forgiven. We must forgive, but also, Jesus tells us in his Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 7, that we must build on a foundation of rock. In Exodus, we are told we must follow the Ten Commandments. And finally, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 16, 13-14, Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. If we build our foundation on the rock, follow the Ten Commandments, have faith like a mustard seed, and stand firm in the faith and do everything in love, then Jesus tells us in the last part of Matthew seventeen twenty, nothing will be impossible for you. Don't forget Paul's words in Romans eight thirty one when he says, If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, people often use these verses in Matthew and Mark as justification to treat God as a Pez dispenser. They use it to justify praying for whatever they want, and they pout when God doesn't answer. We must not do this. We need to seek God first in everything and increase our faith. If there are mountains hindering our growth, then we need to cry out to Jesus. 
Stop using him as a plastic candy dispenser and seek his will for your life. Also, we need to understand that what Jesus tells us, or when Jesus tells us that we can move mountains, he doesn't mean actual mountains. Although I guess it's possible because anything's possible with God. The mountains that Jesus mentions are the things that are keeping us from him. It could be sin, doubts, relationship, or anything else that hinders us in our walk. In the verses of Matthew, the boy's mountain was his demons. The father's was doubt, and the disciples was lack of faith. If we even have a mustard seed of faith, then we can move those hindrances that are standing between us and God. So with everything we just talked about, you might be asking, what is the big deal about a mustard seed, and why does God reference mustard seeds? According to the website uh, Britannica.com, it's the Encyclopedia Britannica's site, mustard seeds are 2.5 millimeters in size, or 0.1 inches in diameter. Jesus compares the kingdom of God to a mustard seed in Mark 4.30. And in verses 31 through 32, Jesus says, It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches, so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Mustard seeds are tiny. Jesus calls them the smallest of all the seeds, yet they grow larger than all the garden plants. If your faith is tiny, grow in the Lord. Follow his statutes. Stay in the word daily. Pray, pray without ceasing, and your faith will blossom. Author April Model in an article on Christianity.com writes, A mustard seed is about one to two millimeters in size, yet the bush can grow upwards to 20 to 30 feet tall and wide. A mustard seed starts off so small, and yet it blossoms into a plant that can grow up to 30 feet tall. Just think, if our face starts off the size of a mustard seed, and we let it grow and blossom over time, think about the mountains we can move, because as we were told earlier, nothing is impossible with God. Model goes on to write, The picture the Lord painted for the disciples was one of hope. Our faith doesn't need to be outwardly large to have a large impact. The tiny seed holds the potential of a 30-foot bush. A seemingly inconsequential speck of faith can move mountains. In closing, a small speck of faith can change the world. You've heard me say that everything we do or say needs to be done with the thought that some might be saved. Because of three guys in a furnace, the ruthless King Nebuchadnezzar had his eyes open to God. Because of the faith of a Roman centurion, a man was healed. Because of the faith of a father, an epileptic son was healed. And because of the mustard seed of faith shown by a faithful woman, we are here gathered in this place today, worshiping the son she gave birth to, the only risen Lord. If Mary had not followed through with her birth, or was not faithful to the Lord, there's probably a good chance we wouldn't be here today. If we have faith as small as a mustard seed that stays strong, and we dedicate our lives to living for the Lord, there is nothing we won't be able to accomplish. If we pray for each other, be it for blessings or healing or salvation, we too might be able to change the world for ourselves. And maybe, just maybe, we might be able to change the world for others as well. If we live out our salvation, faith and salvation with fear and trembling, we might lead others to the throne of Christ and his amazing grace. Stay on the narrow road and enter via the narrow gate. Do everything with the faith of a mustard seed, because in the end, as Paul Washer says, you say that the most important thing on the face of the earth is to know Jesus Christ. That is not true. The most important thing is that Jesus Christ knows you. Let's pray.
Father God, thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you for your words in the mustard seed. If we are lacking in faith, help us to build it up. If our faith falls short, strengthen it so we can scream out like the dad we read about in the book of Mark when he said, I believe, help my unbelief. Be with us as we travel home today and keep us safe throughout the week. And always, thank you for being the author of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are not a follower in Christ, today is a day of salvation. If you would like to know more about Christ or to accept him as your Lord and Savior, or if you need prayer for healing or anything else, you're welcome to come forward. We'll have people here to pray with you. Before the band plays the last song, let me say the Lord's blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah.